All right, today on the podcast, I have a special guest, Coach Mac, who I met on Twitter, and he told me he has a net worth of $5.5 million, and he's been investing real estate, selling options since almost 20 years ago. And in this episode, we'll talk about his journey, how you know new traders can balance the full-time job and the markets and you know make the right decisions. So thanks for being on the podcast, Mac. Happy to be here. Yeah, and happy to have you. So can you talk about, I think we we're just kind of getting into it, but out of college, job, 2005, you said, and then instantly, like, you're already investing and in, in putting money in your 401? Yeah. So, yeah, I graduated. So I graduated in 2005. Uh, I was doing my master's at the time. Um, started Started investing, like, from the very first time I could uh, in my job uh, and that's about the first time I really kind of became aware of uh, the stock market and the investing world um, self-educated uh, myself uh, about 401k and stocks and index funds and all that uh, stuff uh, wanted to obviously get the match uh, from the company. Uh, so jumped in right there. Um, and at that time, our net worth was basically in the negative just because of student loans. Uh, my wife, she was still in college at the time. So yeah, uh, had no savings. Uh, I mean, I had a pretty good job. Just uh, my background is aerospace engineering. So decent job. Uh, wife was studying pharmacy at the time. So we knew that once she graduated and once I started uh, my career, it would be pretty well off, but we started with pretty much nothing at that time. Yeah. 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 And that's how everyone starts, which is so exciting to kind of hear where you ended. So when you were out of college with no debt, like, did you know anything about financial education? It seems like you made a lot of good decisions. Um, was that... For research or yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I knew that four hundred one k is something that most uh, good companies offer, so I knew about a four hundred one k. But as far as investing in stocks and what to invest in, uh, I had no clue at that time. But uh, I'd heard from people, so I, I was kind of curious about it. So I I read um, a lot of lot of books, uh, a lot of articles on the internet. Uh, a lot of ebooks at the time, and just basically self-educated myself. Uh, talked to some senior coworkers, got some information from them uh, in general. But as far as that concrete, specific knowledge, it was all uh, just reading up on on the financial uh, stuff. Yeah. 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 So, how, what was like the first most important steps? when you get a job like you did like a high paying job out of college yeah to set, to set yourself up properly because it seems like you put money in the 401k immediately and you know the company matches yeah huge. yeah and the, yeah the first couple of years it was just a 401k um and then while i was reading up on all the financial information i obviously came across like ira and roth ira um, so I started putting money in that as well in the same year. Um, I think it was like $5,000 at the time the limit was. So I was, I was taking advantage of that. 
mostly sticking with uh, index funds at the time. Actually, my first, uh, before I really became aware of the index funds and all, the first couple of months I put it like in a VIP stable fund, which was basically like a money market fund without knowing too much about it. And while I was doing my research, I found out, hey, that's not the right thing to do while you're young. So for all all the people who are young, your audience who is in the 20s and 30s, um, make sure you take advantage of the time that you have uh, to build up the equity in the stock market rather than putting a lot of money in cash. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's super important. Like the aggressiveness yeah that's a huge factor because if you were stuck in bonds like 20 years ago yeah you wouldn't be anywhere close to this net worth so when when did you start uh selling options and on your are you doing this in your 401 are you doing this in your other accounts yeah so uh the options thing is uh so i've done options for a for a long time but uh it's always been off and on um I would say about 10 years or so. It was not a regular thing. Like like you find me, my tweets and my information for the past year, nowhere close to that. It was a few options here, a few options there, but uh, never really deep into the options game. Yeah. Until um, fairly recently, I would say even the last uh, year and a half or so. So the regular thing is uh, was in the last year and a half. Before that was going back, uh, in, and mostly in my uh, uh, brokerage account, not in my 401k or IRA at that time. Yeah. Uh, s- uh, selling options every now and then, maybe three or four in a month, buying some options uh, around the same three or four in a month, uh, but nothing, nothing like what I'm doing now. Uh, yeah. So this yeah. is this is this is new for you, and you're yes. kind of, you're figuring this out as you go. Yeah. But I also see like you're all over Twitter. And like you're pretty in touch with the social media side too. So that yep. that is impressive. Um. Yeah. And up until up until then, most of my investing was long term. Um. Got lucky with uh. A few stocks, Apple, Google, Amazon, uh, have had it since like 2012, uh-huh. uh, even earlier than that. Um, and I, along the way, I sold some some of those shares just just to bring uh, bring in more capital for the rental homes that uh, we started invest investing in uh, about 10 years ago. So yeah, there was another. Um, are, are those rentals out of your 401? You said. N- no, no. Uh, rentals are just. Uh, um regular rentals that i brought i used the, i brought up the capital from selling uh stocks from the brokerage accounts yeah oh, okay so you were buying apple and google and tesla 10 Not years tesla, ago amazon uh, tesla is recent uh amazon yeah got it amazon yep uh and you held you, you held or 12, whole, yeah. you held the whole time uh yeah my, some of my shares that i have today are since since like since that time amazon was <laughs> like if you account for the splits it was like seven or eight dollars some of my shares are still from back <laughs> then um I, I did sell uh, some along the way to bring up more cash for the down payment for the rentals yeah uh, 
that's the, that's about the only time I've sold uh, stocks. Yeah. So looking at Apple when you sold it, was it worth it to sell or to, to buy real estate or what do you which investment do you think is winning now? Uh, <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, probably I would have been better off uh, sticking with uh, those Apple, Google, Amazon shares, yeah. but. But it, it just uh, allowed us to like diversify as well. So, at that time, um, just knowing that hey, you, you you don't want to put everything into one thing, um, it, it, even though it was still a broad investment. I mean, it was a lot of index funds, a lot of different stocks. Um, we still wanted to diversify into like re- real estate. Um, we bought one, which turned into two. And then in a few years, uh, we ended up like with five. Uh, wow. So that's where we are. We are at right now. Yeah, five rentals. And are those um, Airbnb or long term? No, long term. Yep, long term. So very passive. Like you have property managers. Mostly. No, I do everything on my own. But luckily, I've been um, blessed with good tenants who um, haven't really bothered uh, us over the years. Uh, a lot of the tenants, uh, small stuff, uh, they can do on their own, fix on their own. Some of the big, big stuff. I mean, the biggest stuff is, I don't know, fixing a water heater. Um, yeah. 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 Doing some paint, paint work. Uh, that's about it. So most of our rentals have are pretty newish. So that I guess that played a big role into not having to do a lot of maintenance work. Uh, True. Yeah. Yeah. So and wh- when you bought your first one, like why, why did you decide to um, like, you just wanted to diversify, but um, like, what was the reasoning behind, I guess the area, yeah. like the research, like. Yeah. Um, part of the reason was the, the crash in 2008, 2009, uh, oh. 2010, right. The market. Um, yeah. Especially the, the homes, right? The home prices, even in the Seattle area, which, I mean, has been pretty strong, but even yeah. even here, uh, there was a huge impact. So that was, I guess, one of the major decisions uh, that factored in. Uh, we started looking at around the 2009, 2010 timeframe and made some mistakes along the way where we are inexperienced to say, and we are putting in low, uh, like pretty low, low ball offers uh, <laughs> without realizing that hey, sp- spending the extra twenty k might have been better in hindsight and getting the home sooner. True. Um, yeah. So that was that was something that we kind of uh, navigated through, and that's about the time that um, we had our first son in th- two thousand eleven, and so during that time we kind of backed off on buying a rental for like a couple of years. Uh, and then as we kind of looked back into it in the 2012 timeframe, that's when we started getting really serious about it and bought, bought our first rental in 2013, uh, early 2013. Yeah, that's a great time. I mean, it must have been like close to 100K or... <laughs> no, I mean, Seattle area was still... Uh, Stronger than that. Wow. Uh, it, it was uh, a 2,000 square feet home. That's big. 
yeah, uh, was about two thirty to forty k. Which, <laughs> if we had bought in like two years ago, maybe that would have been around one eighty, one seventy k. Yeah. Um, and that's Dang. yeah, but um, now they're all worth more than five fifty, six hundred, seven hundred k. So, and, yeah, that's, that's and that's after going down since last year. So since last year, they've, they've all obviously gone down just with the rest of the rest of the market. Yeah. Yeah. And with, with this option selling like the last 18 months, um, I mean, you have you're quite the personality on Twitter. So this <laughs> is like, did you just start it and have success? And you're like, I should post my results. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I was saying, I've done that before, but never seriously. And, yeah. Always as like, hey, me and a few friends, we talk about it and we say, okay, this looks good. So let's just do, let's sell on that or let's buy that option, right? <laughs> Without really knowing all the details. This is what I'm talking about like 10 years ago or eight years ago or five years ago, right? <laughs> um, never really diving deep into it. Um, and then two years ago is when I seriously started studying about it. Um, I became active. I've, I've had Twitter, I had Twitter for a long time, a different account, just mainly followed like sports. Yeah. Um, but I became active on Money Twitter in late 2021, early 2022, um, and found some people that were active on options. Um, and that kind of grew into me that, hey, this is something... <laughs> I should look in. I know that, but I need to learn more about it. Learn yeah. the mechanics, the technicals. Uh, obviously, I, I mean, I know the fundamentals. That's how I invested uh, prior to that. But option trading, it's it's a lot of technicals as well, right? You need to be able to know um, the short-term game. Um, so that's when I kind of followed some people on Twitter Uh and started learning uh, paper traded on a daily basis, uh, kept notes, uh-huh. used a, used a, used a spreadsheet that? for about three or four months. Yeah. You're buying options too? Like, are you just selling them? I thought you were just an option seller. Um, very occasionally now. Very occasionally. Uh, I buy options. Uh, oh. No, not, not, uh, I mean, eventually I, I, I will get more into it, but for now, I want to um, keep myself. And, and part of the reason for me and the benefit that I have is um, a big, a big enough capital to work with, yeah. Which which sure. uh, generates de- decent decent income for me anyway, where I don't have to take some of those um, risks. I, I mean, maybe risk is not the right word, but um, yeah. No, it, it, I mean, yeah. yeah it's- Totally risk buying options yeah. compared to selling them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but the capital that that's at stake is a lot less, also, right? So if you lose yeah. like hundred bucks or a couple hundred bucks, it's it's not going to the portfolio. Uh, so in that sense, yeah, it's a risk. Uh, it's some speculation buying options, but it's also less capital. So, um, but but. 
uh, for now, I'm I'm mostly selling options, uh, buying options when the right opportunity presents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because when was the exact date? Like you got like super into selling. Like was it like last year this time or yeah um, before? So right last year at this time, I was still uh, paper trading. Um, my first option was in like so yeah about this time i is when i started uh, so about april, uh, march april may is when i was paper trading so about in the june time frame is when i started yeah yeah because um, i i started selling options what are you gonna say i was gonna say yeah on a, on a daily basis um, oh, um like on a, on a serious note where i made a decision that hey i'm gonna study this on a regular basis uh keep up with yeah. the market uh, on a regular basis and that that was about a year ago and then before that prior to that it was paper trading and uh studying yeah yeah i was just gonna say when i learned to sell you know i was doing great like very consistent income every month and some months were like more than i would ever make at a job but you kind of missed this period where like the stocks you sell options on where you're just getting creamed. And like, if you sold options on SoFi or Coinbase or Mara, like yeah, you, you'd be down like 50% on the stock in a matter of months. If you, yeah. if you end up getting a sign. So I got crushed because I was like an option selling wizard back then. And I didn't realize that the, really fun stocks to sell options on could get decimated in a recession. So right. you, you kind of got in at the bottom and like you're crushing the, yeah. the, the very risky stocks, I would say. And, and that's where, um, what my, I mean, I, I stick with stocks that for, for the most part, um, I would say 90 to 95% of the time that, I want to own eventually, right? Uh, because, I mean, obviously you've seen my tweets. I do AMC a little bit here and there. I do Mara a little bit here and there, but nothing more than like a couple thousand or 3,000, something like that. Which in my case, um, it's not a lot of capital, right? So if I make a speculation on AMC, a couple thousand, if I lose that, I'm fine. Um, yeah. But most of the time, I'm a pretty tech heavy investor in my brokerage account. And even before the regular options thing, I've always been that. Um, uh, small caps, growth stocks, uh, I'll take I'll take my flyers on those um, as long-term investments. I, I'll hold those. Uh, and that's where like you were talking about losing, losing a lot of money in 2021. Obviously we all did, right? If we, if we bought it, <laughs> At that time, yeah. small caps, like it, they're still not even close to being back. Yeah, I mean, I don't think some of them will ever come back, right? Yeah. I mean, AI. The first shares of AI I bought was at one forty-five. And I, I think I bought Coinbase at like four hundred. So <laughs> yeah, and, and and Coinbase, I still, I mean, I have my doubts. I'm, I wouldn't put more than. I mean, it's still a lot of money, but I was going to say 20 or 30K, it's still a yeah. lot of money. But in the grand scheme of things, like like Apple, 
I have no issue putting in like quarter of a million dollars, right? Google, I would, I have somewhere around close to that. Um, whereas Coinbase, I mean, still I'll, I'll keep like three or four contracts uh-huh. and then I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what do you do with this extra money? Like if you're making, if you have a couple million in your brokerage, like uh, you make 10% a month, it's like 200 K. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, 10% a month is not, not, not realistic. Right. I mean, some, some, sure. some, but some I mean, months, if you, if you make like five, it's still a hundred K like, I mean, five percent. Even a, even a yeah. really unsexy percentage is like a lot of money for. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just uh, keep accumulating and then uh, buy buy stocks for the long term as the as the right right time comes. Uh, Got it. So, I'm I'm not a heavy like a lot of people that I found on Twitter. They uh, earn the premiums and then put that in like a dividend fund or an index fund. Yeah. Uh, I don't do that. I have my core stocks that I have stuck with. Mm -hmm. Um, Apple, Google, Amazon, and lately Tesla. Tesla, I started, I bought a lot of Tesla as it went below 180, 190 uh, last year. Um, I had bought Tesla in 2020 and, uh, that's the that's the one stock I regret selling too early where I didn't need to, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but otherwise, I, I'll hold on to the accumulated premiums, and at the uh-huh. right time, I'll I'll use those premiums uh, to sell puts uh, in the stocks that I want to buy. Um, so lately, yeah. it has been some of those. If you've seen. My tweets lately: the CrowdStrikes, uh, GitLab, although they have jumped yeah. up quite a bit lately, but I still yeah. think in the ten years, um, it's it might. I mean, some of those might pan out, some might not. CrowdStrike, Snowflake. Uh, I, I use some of those products at work, and I know how yeah. good they are. Um, so I'm not so, a conventional like. Uh, I mean, I diversify in index funds and there there is a huge portion of that in my other account. But in this brokerage account, I stick with tech-heavy tech, tech heavy stocks. I like that. And when you saw tech crashing last year and this year, is that like, have you seen it before? Is it like, whoa, like shocking? Because we saw some real deep discounts yeah, just in tech last year and this yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, two thousand eight comes to mind, right? I don't know how old you were at the time, but for <laughs> me, I was just getting into my late twenties or early thirties. In yeah. I was twenty eight in two thousand eight, so I remember that. Uh, and there was a period, and not a long period, but obviously COVID. Everybody knows that COVID was yeah. one time, but that was very short. But there was also a period in twenty eighteen, if you remember. Yeah. Um, December 2018. Yeah. Where I think that's the, the first time. Line. Yeah. Um, I think it was because of the interest rates where they increased in interest rate by some percentage after a long, long time. Yeah. Of like um, nothingness. Yeah. Yeah. It was only like three heights of a quarter percentage. But... Exactly. And that was <laughs> to like 
crashed the market for a short <laughs> time, but uh, I, I mean, we felt it. So yeah, they were just saying algorithms got triggered and like they were just feeding each other and pushing yeah. this market down. Yeah, <laughs> that was um, nuts. I remember that. But man, market's so resilient. But I yeah. mean, when you when you look at the the discounts, like six months ago in tech, like were you licking your chops, like trying to get every dollar possible to buy, or were you like patiently waiting? No, I mean, I bought. I mean, obviously, I in hindsight, I wish I'd bought more, but uh, I did buy like some Google, uh, some Amazon yeah. when it was in the eighties and nineties. Uh, I did buy at that time. I bought a lot of Tesla. Nice. Um, Tesla, I wish I bought more, but I mean, I, I bought a lot, but uh, going back to like even a couple of months ago, it was like at 153. Yeah. And you just figured that, hey, it might go lower and lower. Sometimes that's 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 the mentality that um, like as a long-term investor, sometimes you just buy it outright rather than wait for your yeah. foot to get assigned. Yeah, you have to just buy it. Yeah. I've 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 been in the markets almost ten years and man I just keep wishing I was buying it the whole time it's crazy yeah. very um, few moments I'm like I don't want to buy this market because I it's obviously dropping every day more so you're looking at the market making new highs and you're wishing you're part of the whole thing yeah I mean in I mean in our regular IRA and our 401ks it's always every every two weeks or every week um it's we always invest so that part of the account yeah, is always good. it's always on autopilot so whether it's high or low doesn't matter it's yeah. it's on autopilot yeah so, i remember thinking about that cuz even before stocks i was trying to buy real estate in 2016 um, 2015. And I was like waiting every year for the market to crash 10 years ago. And I, I just ended up buying at some point and my house has already doubled because I'm, I'm in Denver. It's nuts there. It's yeah. doubled since like five years ago. And yeah, I, if I waited for the dip, you'd never get the dip, especially real estate with what's happening with supply and demand. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. Sometimes you, you just go with your gut and just just buy it, right? Uh, <laughs> rather than because the dip might never come. Yeah, and you know what's nuts is that you're if if it doesn't look like a good equation right now for passive income, like five years of me holding this place in Denver, like I can charge double my rental rate. So yeah. if you just stay patient and hold real estate, like you'll end up making money on that really, really well in like five or ten years in the appreciation exactly it's probably one of the it's it's a great it's a great investment honestly yeah i like real estate a lot yeah but i'm not no no professional (laughs) (laughs) but when when you hopped on twitter you kind of started this personality and brand and business uh you're still full-time or would you ever just ditch that for full-time option selling yeah yeah so yeah, I'm still full-time work, um, and I have been doing uh, financial coaching um, on the side for a few years, uh, but always here in person, like in in this area. Um, never, oh. never like uh, online. Why? So uh, I've been doing that for the past five six years already. 
Um, and Twitter is something that, I mean, like I said, I, I had been using it for sports and other, other things, never for money, which is something I changed uh, about 18 months ago or so. Um, and then that's when I started on an active basis, posting, sharing my story. Um, initially, it was not about options. And then I learned about it, uh, taught myself and learned from a lot of people. and then I started becoming active on options and um, yeah, um, that, that's <laughs> where it is now. Would you ever go full time and just be like a brand and personality on the internet? Yeah, I mean, um, maybe in a f- couple of years or a few years. Uh, yeah. I-, I wouldn't say full time. Uh, maybe that's still more than now. Uh, coaching maybe more than now. Um, but the reason, I mean, I've always wanted to like uh, retire from my day job early, but that was more to free up my time. Now, if I'm going to free up my time and then do this even more, then then it's not really freeing up my time. So, <laughs> um, well, what what do you picture retirement as? Uh, some travel, uh, just working on my hobbies. Uh, um, yeah, doing um, ha- have a few a few ventures that I've thought about. Uh, um, as far as like charity and stuff, uh, some here, some international. So I'll have more time to do that. Um, obviously, travel. I love to travel. Me and my wife uh, and our kids. We all love to travel. So. Nice. Um, we'll have more time to do that, uh, and then obviously I'll, I'll still, I'll still um, increase my coaching business, uh, if you will. Um, more time allocated towards that. Uh-huh. Um, but am I going to do that like full time, like I do with like with, with my work now? Probably. At this point, probably not. Maybe it'll change later. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, no, it makes sense. What What's like uh, with traveling? What's like the top places on the bucket list that you haven't been to? Uh, Spain is one. Uh, Argentina is another. Uh, lots of different places. I would, <laughs> I would lots of places. Greece. Uh, Are you like, like a cruise ship person or no? Uh, believe it or not, I've never done a traditional cruise ever. <laughs> uh, so I, I don't, I mean, I, I can't say I'm opposed to it. I actually like the idea of a cruise, but yeah. the timing of it has never worked out. Um, uh-huh. All of our travels have always been like with different groups of friends and different places, yeah. camping here, camping there. Uh, trips here, oh. trips there, international trips, and we've been planning the Alaska cruise. I'm in Seattle and never, have never gone to Alaska on a cruise. Uh, we've been planning <laughs> that for the past 15 years, and it has never panned out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it can yeah. Be tough. It's tough with all your friends needing to line things up. Yeah, I mean, the timing and different logistics and all that. Uh, yeah, just hasn't worked out so far. Yeah. Interesting. 
And so with, with your options, like what's your goals with the market over the next five or 10 years while you're, you know, building everything like. Yeah. I mean, like goals as far as specifically options or overall, overall market. Uh... Well, it's, it seems like you're like um, kind of diving into option selling for the first time and maybe some option buying. Like um, it seems like you're getting into options, but I feel like you'll find your niche uh, through that. I, I don't know if you're if it, if you're exploring now or if you're. Yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, definitely. Uh, that's one of the niches that I am honing on. Um, but but again, uh, like as far as like selling covered calls. Uh, I mean, it's always like anything in my long-term portfolio, anything that I get for covered calls, I've always called it like as a, as a bonus. I still want to hold on to the long-term stocks. Yeah. And then selling puts is something, again, 90% of the time, I want to do it on stocks that I want to own eventually. I want to get assigned eventually. And then the other 5 or 10% of the time, I'll I'll take my chances. Uh, but, but... Yeah, if I can, and as we go through this, right? I mean, you talked about 2021, yeah. where there was a lot of pain. Um, I mean, the pain, I mean, it's not necessarily the pain, but obviously some of the calls, like lately, everything's been going up, right? So yeah. you you get in trouble that way. If you, if you don't want to sell your shares, if they get in the money, then... <laughs> either, either you roll out or you take a loss, right? So yeah. in that sense, yeah. So yeah, there that is can be frustrating. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So over the last two, three months, three months, I've backed off on selling a lot of covered calls, even on the stocks that I yeah. hold, um, and then selling puts on stocks that I want to build equity in for the long term. Um, one thing I. I am working on is uh, at the right times, making sure that I, I let 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 those shares get assigned to me. So even if I have to be a little aggressive, uh, just be that tad aggressive to yeah. buy those shares. Whether you buy it's some stock at like 100 or 98 in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter, right? If you've done your research, and if yeah. you think that's eventually going to appreciate meaningfully over the 10 years, then 98 or 102 really doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. For people who are like doing the stock market investing with their full-time jobs, yeah. can you give us any like big mistakes you've made in the past that like the biggest mistakes that you want, you want to have people learn from? Yeah. Um, I mean, lots of mistakes. So don't get me wrong. I've done, I made, many many mistakes yeah first uh first times i i really started like buying individual stocks that was in 2008 2000 yeah 2008 time frame um when the market crashed and until then it was all about index funds uh i was buying like speculative names um uh, wind energy company and solar companies from china and investing uh a lot of uh, speculative names that even some of them went to zero. <laughs> so uh-huh. um, 
luckily we didn't i mean i was still learning at the time uh, and not allocating a lot of money in those stocks but oh you, you without doing any research in those companies um just listening to rumors and picking companies that way was it's always it's always a mistake like that um other mistake i mean i i brought up tesla um and i, I mentioned one thing where unless i really need to uh, i typically don't sell my shares so i talked about apple google amazon uh, i sell i sold those um because i wanted to uh, buy rentals and i yeah. had to raise capital so i sold those so i don't feel bad about that um tesla i bought um at current prices i bought it at $40 in 2020 and took some 6 or 7 grand profit um in a few months without me really needing the cash um and so as a long term investor i don't even know why i did it but it it just yeah a mistake so um i would rather um i i i read a tweet somewhere i, I don't know who posted it uh today that um instead of selling your winners and putting that money into the losers keep writing the winners because the winners are winning for a reason right like apple google amazon don't take money out of those they will they will be fine um don't don't take my write those yeah and i'll wrap this up in a couple more questions but yep. um i'm listening to chamath and he says you know the apple metas and facebooks google like they're kind of losing the growth stage of their companies they're more you know cash based companies now so do you think they are still good long term holds i mean not not if somebody somebody doesn't own those companies right i wouldn't invest a lot of money in apple like at these prices right 190 is at an all time high so yeah dc dollar cost in uh, average yeah that's putting some money here and there that's fine but um maybe wait for a pullback from these prices but do you think these companies keep winning though cuz yeah. you said you think they're going to keep winning but i mean he like, he, he said that and i don't know when uh, i mean he, he probably said that quote recently but he also said the same thing in 2020 uh and earlier <laughs> uh, yeah. so apple's at an all time high now um google i mean google's not there but i don't think google's going anywhere will they grow at the same pace they did 10 years ago obviously not right but you you, you still want to have those as as a safe ha- haven sort of uh yeah rather than keep investing like if you are a growth investor um i would i would put a lot of money into the up and coming technologies obviously but don't without ignoring the traditional apple google amazon because apple to me is i mean cash i mean yeah it, people it, are buffett loves it so yeah I mean it's not it's not a bad company. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not going to double your money from here, 
but yeah. it's also not going to lose a lot of money for you from here as well. I mean, uh, well, in the short, have- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Yeah, you know, I bought a bunch of Apple on this recent pullback, but yeah. do you think? I know you said like in two thousand eight, you're buying like speculative companies. Maybe that's the right year, but is there a part of your portfolio that you're just kind of betting on one, maybe a sector that's going to blow up, or do you not really speculate? No, I do. I I mean. I invest in a lot of uh, small cap growth stocks, um, and I did so even in 2021, where I mean, not not a lot of money into it, uh, but enough that if if it appreciates, then it'll be meaningful returns. Yeah. Um, uh, like for example, like uh, yeah. What are you most excited about? Which new which sectors or growth names? I mean, Palantir is one. Um, I, I I like uh, this hasn't panned out in a long time. It's been the next big thing for a long time. Three D printing, and uh, uh, I still think that has a huge market in the future. So I I like a company called Three D Systems. I'd done some research on it uh, three years ago, twenty twenty. Yeah. Um, made some decent money with that. Uh, and now it's back below $10. Uh, so I, I like that. Um, I mean, SoFi is another that uh, eventually it will uh, be looked at as, as one of the up and coming financial uh, companies, uh, uh, FinTech. Uh, and in the short term, it has some issues, but if we, I mean, and with these with these growth companies, my outlook is not like three months or five months or even three years. It's ten years. Yeah. I'm gonna if I identify something, if I if I put five five thousand dollars into it or ten thousand dollars into it. Yeah, I'm gonna staring at it. Yeah. Day. Unless the thesis completely blows up, right? That hey, <laughs> their 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 technologies basically not what they were talking about or what they said it was going to be, then obviously things change. But if it's just a stock price that dropped or if it's stock price that not moving up uh, for a few months, then I don't mind waiting patiently. I have, and again, that's a very small part of my portfolio. So yeah, um, I I wait and I, I do, I do make a lot of those type of small bets on on those types of uh, growth companies. Yeah. Nice. And with, we'll wrap it up with one more question. Sure. And let let you go. But with your huge growth over those twenty years, what's two pieces of advice you could give to someone to put themselves in the best position to maybe do the same? Yeah. Um, the first uh, first piece is start early. Like, I mean, I started at 25, and to me, I think looking back at things now, I, I started late. But yeah. luckily, we had decent paying jobs, which allowed us to catch up. Um, but starting at 20 or 22 makes a huge difference. Uh, when I say starting, I'm talking about investing, not saving. I mean, you want to save, but 
make some sacrifices early on invest as much as you can not i'm not i'm not saying don't have fun right yeah uh, um invest as much as you can as much as like your money allows you uh early and then you won't have to later on you won't have to catch up later on because if you start in your 30s then you are already you're not 10 years behind you are probably 15 or 17 years behind yeah. because of the comp- because of the compounding effect right true um so that's number one and like i, I do options which which are always like thought about as like short term trading yeah but i still believe in like long term holding M- make sure you, you you don't mix your short term trading with your long term um uh funds right you 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 want to have a core set of funds um which are invested in the long term and you hold that no matter what uh because yeah. um i mean the natural inclination of the stock market is always bullish yeah i i never believe these perma perma bears that hey yeah it will stock markets will die it'll correct but I mean, people i mean the markets will keep spending people spend money right yeah so they need products yeah. uh, they need new technology and if you keep investing and hold hold in that part of your bucket in that part of your portfolio you'll be fine so yep so start young <laughs> and keep holding is that that what i got in in that one one bucket of your portfolio yes don't I don't uh, i guess the main gist of that was don't mix the two buckets yeah exactly yeah and i, I was going to wonder how you keep those safe and it seems like you have multiple accounts yeah yeah i mean um this is only like maybe 30 or 35% of my overall stock portfolio yeah the option, what what i do options on yeah yeah Well, that's all I got and I appreciate you being on the podcast. I know it's short, but um we try to keep them 45ish minutes yeah. 30 to 45 and I think it's a really cool story and I'm glad you were able to pop on for us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me and it was it was fun. Yeah, thank you for sharing this knowledge. Yeah.